Good afternoon and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Block Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. March 11th to 17th is Brain Awareness Week, and today we will talk about how caregiver burden affects brain health. Our guest today is Dr. Lisa Mosconi, Associate Professor of Neuroscience and Neurology and Radiology at Well Cornell Medical College, where she serves as Director of the Women's Brain Initiative and Associate Director of the Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic. She is the author of Brain Food, The Surprising Science of Eating for Cognitive Power. Dr. Mosconi, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We're so excited for the show. Good morning. Here's the morning, so thank you so much for having me. I want to kind of begin by getting your take on what it means when someone says, Caregiver burden is a big problem. What exactly is caregiver burden when you know when you relate it to brain health? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I'm, I I think I'm going to start by saying that I I have a family history of Alzheimer's. Uh, my grandmother struggled with dementia for many many years, and so did her two younger sisters. And my mom was the primary caregiver. And I really saw her suffering enormous stress for so many years. And that's when I started looking into that. And um, caregiving demands can really severely tax the caregiver's health, while at the same time compromising their immune response to stress. And that condition is known as caregiver burden. And caregiving really has huge emotional, psychological, financial, and also health consequences. And at the same time, there's so much stress involved. And this stress associated with caregiving can really worsen um, existing health conditions. So really due to the demands on their time, caregivers are less likely to engage in preventative health than non-caregivers, for example, they have much less time to take care of themselves. And that can result in poorer health for the caregivers themselves. And really, right now, there are over 65 million Americans serving as caregivers for an ill or disabled relative. And women account for over 60% of all caregivers, and the rates are even higher for Hispanic and African-American women. So we really need to pay attention to that. How does stress typically affect brain health? Um, Are there chemical reactions? Is it more of an emotional um, stress? Can you elaborate on that? Yes, I think stress affects the way the brain stress. Usually we think of stress as something psychological, right? But stress has become Mm -hmm. a real serious medical issue. And it's been said that stress is the silent killer in our society because it's a major contributing factor in all leading causes of death, including heart disease, cancer, and also dementia. And that's because um, stress affects the way we think on top of everything else. I think everybody knows that when you're under stress, your capacity to multitask kind of goes down the drain, right? Or you can't remember things, Mm -hmm. make mistakes, you just can't function the way you normally do. And one of the mechanisms is that chronic stress has been associated with inflammation throughout the entire body and brain. It's been associated with hormonal imbalances 
uh, with accelerated brain aging, we see that when we do brain scans in people um, with really high levels of chronic stress, right, and um, even an increased risk of dementia later in life, especially in women. Always women. <laughs> we always get the I know, I know. I feel, and, you know, it's, it's funny we're talking about this because today is International Women's Day, and, you know, it yes. is such an important it's such an important role that they play in all aspects, as caregivers, as mothers, as women pursuing their careers. I mean, the multitasking that women go through, I feel particularly, is um, tremendous. So I can just imagine how, um, you know, having to take care of a senior loved one or someone else who needs your help is um, must be completely draining and puts so much pressure on um, the brain. Uh, can you suggest yeah. some tips for caregivers in general to reduce stress? Um, it's a difficult situation a lot of them go through because, um, you know, like we discussed, they're, they're trying to juggle kids and family and career yeah. and also taking care of medications, appointments, things like that. Are there any simple ways to tackle this? Yes, there are some. There are there are quite a few tips, and I want to add one thing, one factor to your mm-hmm. list that usually, um, especially women who are currently caregivers for an ill or disabled patient, especially parent, especially if they have dementia, these women are, are probably menopause. and this is something okay. we don't usually talk about, right? But it's such a huge factor to consider. You have younger kids that are driving you nuts, right? I have one, so I can Mm -hmm. say that, although I'm not in menopause. And you have older parents that need caring. And at the same time, women are going through a supremely delicate phase in their lives where they should be able to also Mm -hmm. take care of themselves. So that said, because it's International Women's Day, uh, let's let's think about ways to reduce stress. And really, I think Mm -hmm. the answer depends on why uh, you're under stress. There's situational stress that is kind of temporary, but a chronic stress or prolonged stress is more difficult to deal with. And I think it requires a combination of strategies that um, include, I'm going, to, I'm going to offer five. The first one mm-hmm. is a diet, like an overall healthy diet that is rich in specific nutrients that are known to reduce stress. And these are B vitamins, especially vitamin B5, B6, and B12. These are crucial for a healthy nervous system. And also antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin E, which really help restore cellular balance and also they they boost the immune system. So what, what we really want to do is strengthen the immune system and reduce inflammation. So number two would be physical activity. Uh, It's been shown over and over again that it it really lowers the levels of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and also increases production of substances that are called endorphins, which make you feel better. Endorphins are like Mm -hmm. um, the body's own Prozac in a way. So after you go to the gym, Mm -hmm. you usually feel a little bit better. Now, if you're a caregiver and you're under a lot of stress and you really have no time, you may not be able to go to the gym, but it's still helpful to maybe walk, take the stairs, just keep mm-hmm. your body going because that really helps activate the entire system. And sleep, sleep is obviously a big deal, but so many people have trouble sleeping, especially when you're under stress. And in this case, I would say then sleeping pills, 
are not necessarily the best solution, especially over time. They can do probably more harm than good. Um, there are some natural sleep aids that are better tolerated, usually like valerian tea or melatonin at bedtime. And also favoring green time over screen time um, helps to keep a healthy sleep cycle. And also nature has a very soothing effect on the mind and on mood overall. So go for a walk in the park, right, if you can, if you have the time. And finally, advocate for meditation. I never thought I would talk about it as, as a neuroscientist, but um, there's quite convincing evidence by now that meditation can really lower the stress hormones, calm the heart, and also help the brain relax. And there's a very specific type of meditation that only takes, let's say, 12 minutes a day. That really seems to help, and it's called Kirtan Kriya. Terrific. Um, Dr. Bosconi, to wrap up the show, I have one final question, and I feel like it's the most crucial question when it comes to brain health. Um, As you yourself mentioned, um, a lot of people have family history when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia, and it's a very big problem as um, not just for older people, but as you you said, as women who are undergoing all these changes uh, may also have to face not just women, but just any caregiver. Um, do you yes. have any special tips or strategies that caregivers can use when it comes to specifically keeping or pushing back um, the onset of Alzheimer's or dementia? Yes, and that's a really great question. And I, I'll start by saying that it's actually wonderful that we're finally talking about prevention in medicine, especially mm-hmm. Alzheimer's prevention. When I started, which is really when, when my grandmother got sick, so I was in college, most people um, really understood Alzheimer's as the consequence of bad genes in your DNA or aging or mm-hmm. a combination of the two. And it really turns out that neither one of these alternatives is universally the case. So genetics are important, but uh, genetic mutations that cause Alzheimer's are found in less than 1% of the population. So I want to say this again because it, every time I mention it, you know, stress levels really drop in some ways. Mm-hmm. Genetic mutations that cause Alzheimer's are found in less than 1% of the population. Even if you have a family history, it doesn't mean that you're going to get Alzheimer's. It means but that your risk is higher as compared to somebody who does not have a family history. But you still have power over your life and over your risk. And there are many important things that one can do to really minimize risk and keep Alzheimer's at bay. And these are, number one, regular medical checkups. This may sound like, why would I do that? And the answer is that medical conditions like heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, obesity, all these conditions that we don't usually associate with the brain actually impact the brain in a negative way, increasing risk of dementia in turn and depression as well, especially for women. And then lifestyle choices are so important, especially in terms of diet, exercise, uh, intellectual stimulation, social engagement, sleep, and like we said before, stress reduction. These are all very important components of a brain-healthy lifestyle overall. And I, I talked about this in, in much greater detail in, in brain food in my, in my book, which is really, mm-hmm. it's really a scientist's perspective 
on all the things that are good for your brain. And it's a perspective that really stays away from trends and really aims to take the research out of the lab and into everybody's lives. Thank you so much, Dr. Moscone. This information that you've shared, I'm sure, is, has been extremely valuable to all those who've been listening. Um, I want to make oh, everyone aware that this show will also be archived, so you can listen to the show all over again. Um, the links will be available on our website uh, very, very soon. And um, I would also like to share Dr. Moscone's uh, personal website that you can visit for more information about her book and all the incredible work that she's doing. Um, so to get more information about Dr. Moscone, visit her website, which is lisamoscone.com. It's L-I-S-A-M-O-S-C-O-N-I. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Tune in next time for our Caregiver Speak radio show on March 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tools. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Thank you once again very, very much, Dr. Moscone. Happy International Women's Day. I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you so much. Thank you, you so much.